I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. How is your day? It's a beautiful Sunday. I mean, birds are chirping. According to most of my friends' Instagram stories, it's something called Sunday Fun Day. Oh, mine was Sunday Productive Day. We had a handy woman come over. She hung up a bunch of our stuff, including an original Daria cell from Beavis and Butthead. You got you to gotta post a pic of that. It's really beautiful. I certainly will. I'll put that on the, uh, the old Patreon. My Sunday has also been pretty fun. I um, caught up with our friend Jen, got some coffee, and a real sweet moment happened. Tell us. Um, we were over in Silver Lake getting some coffee, just, um, you know, swapping tales of, of our, our visions for our future, you know, just trying to manifest some dreams. And then I brought up the podcast and that I had to go and record with you. And then a little sweetie walked up to me and said, hi, are you Laura Zach? I love your podcast. Wow. And she straight up knew me from the podcast. Shout out to Sheridan. Sheridan. That was such a delight. Thank you so much. Yeah, I can say her name, right? That's not a, that's not giving anything away. I don't know what privacy, how. Yeah, most people that are fans of our show would like to remain anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's why I ask. But that was really nice. I feel like that is, um, I don't know. I think the people who listen and enjoy the show are very much like, I don't know. I just feel like there are people. Yeah. And it's really nice to like, yeah. I wonder if there's anyone who's pretty indifferent who still listens. (laughs) Yeah. Or just kind of resents us a little bit. They're like, I don't know why I can't pull away, but (laughs) these bitches. (laughs) Well, it's how I listen to, that's how I listen to morning radio. I think it's a funny thing about you that you listen to misogynistic morning radio. I just need to you know what they're multitudes doing is over what I'm there. Saying. No, that doesn't, that's, that's like when, when you, when you say something like, oh, I'm going to check in with what the other people are doing. That's like a one or two time listen for a few minutes. You don't listen religiously just as an experiment well I think it's something to the effect of I have such low expectations for them that when they actually do something that's human I'm like wow right but how often is that yeah like once a week <laughs> the day um sometimes I'll I'll carpool with Brittany into work in the morning and that will be on and the morning after the news broke that Stephen Hawking had died we were listening to that show and they were like so, uh, the guy named Stephen Hawking died. Don't really know what he did. I think, yeah, he was pretty smart or something. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't really say. Couldn't really. What, what do you, anyway, you know, seems kind of sad. He clearly did some stuff. And, and then Brittany was just like, okay, I'm going to just change that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if that's what you want to take in, you know who I never listened to resentfully it's Esther Perel, who has season two. Fuck, yes. I also got uh, my housemate Kate turned on to that uh, that podcast. And like, if you can't afford therapy or if it's just, like, not something you want to commit to just yet, 
listen to that podcast i swear to god it's so that much is therapy. real yeah. that is real it is free therapy is true is truly self-care to listen regardless of if you're in a relationship or not like even sometimes when i listen to the or sorry when i read the descriptions of what the episode's about i'll be like eh, i don't know if that's really gonna resonate with me but then you listen every episode there's something you can relate to la 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 this is my style Got to get up Or I might fall Excuse me Excuse me I've got to be Season four, episode 12. Fire! Sorry, I was trying to convey the exclamation point. No, I appreciate it. Fire! Fire! Whoa, that was abrupt. (laughs) Um, Also, because we're recording on Logic now, uh, I actually got to hear the theme song, which normally on our old program, we didn't get to hear it. We just popped it in at the end and just gotta we haven't plugged her in a while mindy jones i was just thinking about plugging mindy jones really crushing it with that mix of that song which again i must reiterate she did that in like an hour yeah mindy actually was just on was it late night with stephen colbert yeah she was on colbert she's touring with moby right now uh she's amazing you should follow her at mindiana jones you also might see her on Instagram stories sometimes of ours and our friends. She's a lovely person and a very talented musician and, and singer. We were so lucky that she did this for us. Seriously, she's incredible. What a I've been really excited to talk about this one because someone in that writer's room knew a little thing about passive aggression. Dare I say, knew a little thing about lesbian fighting styles. So is this about Jane and Tom? Or is this about Daria and Jane? The reason I framed it as the writer's understanding lesbian dynamic and conflict is that I'm talking about the Jane v. Daria tension. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about the way that those moments played out. The way Jane broached the subject, when when they chose to be direct, when they chose to be evasive. I just feel like we're not on the same page right now. That's so Daria and Jane of us. I know. So Jake is warming up some Milky to fall asleep. However, he cannot do that without setting the kitchen on fire. And without expressing a lot of rage. Like, I'll be honest, the kitchen doesn't look that bad and it's very clear to me at least that that general contractor was just taking them for a ride saying that they need to paint the upstairs and the downstairs it's going to take two weeks I really expected Helen or Daria to chime in and be like 
no, that does not sound correct whatsoever. But I feel like Helen maybe just wanted a vacation. I do. I mean, they got set up at a pretty sweet place. So I think she was just being strategic. Take your time. So they're staying at Le Grand Hotel. It kind of looks like Palm Springs. Oh, it definitely looks like Palm Springs. Yeah, it got those palm trees, got that pool life. And we get to meet the bellboy, Bobby, who's a irregular con artist. Wow, just just jumping forward to the reveal. Okay, a uh, sweet Bobby the bellboy. Sweet, well-intentioned has, Bobby. Yeah. Innocent before proven guilty. He makes it clear to Quinn that his uncle is the manager, so therefore he can get her wow, whatever she needs. not only is he handsome, he's well-connected. Check, check. He has a job. I'm with Quinn. Definitely let this guy buy you free things. And uh, Helen and Jake, I believe that their marital problems were solved by just staying at a hotel. I get it. Hotel room sex. It's a whole whole other experience. It's really freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard. <laughs> That'd be such a weird thing to be embarrassed about. Like, I mean, just kidding. I've never had sex in a hotel. <laughs> Also, did you notice that uh, the handsome olive green travel set? All of their suitcases were a very distinctive olive green. I always applaud people who have anything but black luggage. I really think it's such a brave feat. I'm surprised more people don't have luggage that stands out because that helps you identify it more quickly. And it seems like it would make sense that more companies that make such things would would make more interesting luggage but people just want to be just want to blend in they want yeah they just want to see their luggage go through the carousel and be like is that mine is that mine maybe that one's mine and then pick up the wrong one and they want to feel connected they want to you know, pick up a stranger's piece of luggage and think it's theirs and you know have that anxiety riveting stuff today (laughs) we're just delivering the goods so So, jake yelling more than usual question mark maybe this is that that was from before but but i think it's to show how relaxed he becomes by way of contrast and then bobby is showing quinn to her room and you can tell that he's psyched like this is gonna be a sweet situation like to have this cute girl alone in this room that he can have access to with room service, which is immediately pretty creepy. But Daria is going to be sharing the room with Quinn, much to everyone's chagrin. Meanwhile, Tom and Jane not having a great time. They uh, can't decide what to do. And Tom brings up Daria maybe one too many times, which I think was just Once, one time. Yeah. yeah. He... uh which goes to show that Jane is already plugged in. Totally. She is on high alert about Daria references from Tom. And I and I think the thing that bugs her is that it it's kind of becoming clear to her that perhaps Tom is more compatible with Daria in terms of what their interests are. Clearly very much irritates Jane, but the thing that really sets her over the edge is that Daria had contacted Tom by her own volition, basically. She left him a voice message about a Fellini film festival. Then he asks Jane, like, well, do you want to check out that film festival? And Jane's like, no. And then Tom is an aggro pouty boy. 
Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Jane's feeling on that? It sucks because the way that they... I mean, we'll probably bounce around a little bit, but the way that they frame it is that, like, if it was happening to me and I was Jane, I would probably be the exact same way, except I'd probably talk about it to my partner rather than my friend. I'd probably just be passive aggressive towards my friend, but like angry at my partner. However, the way that they kind of frame it is that like Jane is like being too bitchy. Like, I feel like that's the way that they wrote it. And so you're kind of like irritated with Jane when we shouldn't be. She's kind of like the victim in this situation. Whereas we want Daria and Tom to like, because they have such specific interests that the other one shares as well. And because it's so clear to us that like they have a more fun time together and there isn't like this weird tension that that Tom and Jane have because they have a relationship and because they have actual problems that Tom and Daria don't have, you like almost get trapped in like the illusion of, Oh, maybe Daria and Tom would be better together, but that's not the truth that we know just yet because Tom and Jane's situation only looks less attractive because it's a fucking relationship. Yeah. Especially because we've seen Jane in the past be really upset that Tom and Daria weren't bonding and that there was tension between them. You would think that now she would be cool with it, but no, because also she has intuition. And I think it's hard for me to objectively say what I think, like who we're supposed to uh, empathize with because I do know what's coming. So it's hard for me to... So, you know, given that I do, I, I... don't see her as overreacting right yeah but I can't tell if that's just because I know but I I think I think it's meant to be murky I think you know which is why we get later Trent's perspective and whatnot but which we'll get to but isn't it weird that Trent is like the voice of reason throughout this whole thing and that Trent is so cued in to someone else liking Daria that's what I felt like. Why are you? Why do you care, Trent? I mean, I can understand in terms of feeling protective of his sister, which maybe that's all we're supposed to take away. But I mean, it's it's purposefully complicated that it's her former love saying this to her, which we'll yeah. get to. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's clear Tom is much more the garbage person right now because he's the one that's like talking about Daria and going to like see Daria before he sees Jane like I think that Jane taking out her frustration on Daria who at the moment isn't doing anything wrong though she is entertaining it a bit I think that I would have much rather seen Jane being really passive aggressive towards Tom instead but maybe that did happen we just didn't see it it was more off screen because Daria is our protagonist and we haven't seen her really bond with someone that she could be romantically interested in like all we've seen is we've seen her bond with someone she could be romantically interested in jane 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 Jane. but she's not (laughs) it's just it's definitely murky and i've i've definitely been the jane and i i but you've also been the jane when it didn't turn out to be real so this is like watching a horror play out of your worst the worst case scenario of your paranoia being real i've been the jane more often times when it was real but wouldn't you say that you also have a 
have a tendency to be Jane-ish, even when it's not. With who are we referencing? Just like a general phenomena of being like sensitive and paranoid. Well, that's also because it's happened so many times in the past that I believe I have this intuition. Right. But it's not always true when you feel it. Like I feel like, so- like, I feel like sometimes, especially when you've gone through a betrayal like that, it creates a muscle memory that we can confuse with intuition and like bring that into new dynamics where you kind of assume the worst is going to happen because it's already happened. And like you're you're like looking for the signs that match what they were before. And but even if it doesn't end up being the same result. Right. I mean, I've had to actively like push that out. I'm not saying I'm not like I mean, I'm not like ganging up on you with myself. I'm not saying it's just you. I'm saying that is a phenomena of like when you've been hurt in a specific way. The shitty thing about I think the shitty thing about betraying anyone is that you're not just hurting them in that moment. You're also hurting, hurting future, future them. Well, and you're hurting their future partners yeah. because you are you are like more likely aligning you know you're you're making them causing an internal pivot possibly where they're going to be less likely to trust and believe their future partners betrayal yeah stab in the back betrayal yeah i'm stretched on the rack betrayal yeah thrown out of the thrown out of the pack thrown out of the pack betrayal betrayal yeah Betrayal, betrayal, betrayal. Trent, what a pleasure. Wow. Wow, how did you get your voice to be thrown like that and sound a little bit like two incredibly attractive butch women? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, speaking of butch women, I just wanted to say one thing that will probably happen before the next time we talk to you all is I think I'm getting a pickup truck. TBD. It's going to be embarrassing now if I don't, but well, if now I it's, do. Now it's in writing where you have to. Yeah. So one thing that I really enjoyed is that Sandy has a Devin Sawa poster above her bed. I feel like that really shows her softer side. Thinking of her watching Casper. Gee, Quinn. That was good. Thank you. You know, I realized if you put the G there, it really just like is able to ramp your voice to that place. Let me try. G Gwyn. Mm. It was pretty good, though. When you listen back, you'll think it's be- it was better than you think right now. G Gwyn. G Gwyn. G Gwyn. G Gwyn. No, that one. You lost it. <laughs> well, I'll let you guys vote. So Daria decides to stay at Jane's, which is certainly a nightmare for Jane and Daria isn't even either Daria's not attuned to it, which I don't know if I believe because she is so perceptive that it that it makes me feel like she definitely knows that this is a bad idea, but she couches it in. I don't want to be near Quinn, so I'm going to stay at your place. Do you want to know what Daria's orientation in all of this reminds me of? Wait, give me give me hints. Um, well, I'm just saying, like, from my own experience, I remember doing this same thing of being in active denial with myself about something that I was feeling and 
Can you guess what it was? It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll, no. <laughs> the thing it reminds me of is when I first had feelings for a woman. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And we had like this blossoming, this burgeoning like connection and tension that neither of us were acknowledging. And I, I probably never would have until she forced me to. Until finally it was like she she invited me to her dorm room and she like sat me down and was like um there's like a we huge fucking <laughs> in so many words it was you know she was an RA and pretty eloquent so it was like you know there's a i feel a huge ball of tension and i need to kiss you and i was like okay i'm going to go to the school play now and then i went it was Lysistrata which is the greek play about the women going in a sex oh, strike oh yeah totally yeah. um but it's one of those things I where... I thought you were saying her name was Liz Estrada. And I was like, wow, that's strange. That what are the call... odds? You'd call her name out like that. Yeah, I'm just like, what's up, Liz Estrada? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but you know, it, it's one of those things where you are... If the other person is happy to go along without ever addressing what's really going on with you, like it allows you to not have to look at it yourself. And I think... Yeah, what what Daria does until the Trent conversation felt very familiar to me in that way. Yeah, it there's certain now that you're saying it, there's certainly parallels to when I was when I was interested in this girl that my friends were friends with, and I would like hang around them so that they would bring her up, or when they would ask me if there was anything going on with us, like it it would give me this rush of oh my god, no, wait. Why did she like say something? I would just want to hear like that's why I was shocked that Daria didn't show. I mean, obviously she's an animated figure, but I wanted her to like at least blush or something to show that she kind of knows that Tom is into her so that when Trent says it, you see her almost like an admission of guilt in a way that like she was she was really enjoying hearing that. I feel like that was a choice, though. Like, I think that was... They could have easily shown that. And I think they're trying to make her be less unlikable. That's true. Yeah. They... I think if she was really clocking it and was still, like, going over to Jane's and spending solo time with Tom, we'd be even less forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even saying I am being forgiving yet because... Again, this is the first time I've ever rewatched this show, and I haven't watched ahead from where we're recording. So I remember vaguely the basic details of what happens, but I don't remember the scenario or how it comes about. So I'm, you know, here ready to be a little surprised, pretty judgmental. I'm (laughs) no, I'm ready to just like take it as it is, but um, it's very interesting to be watching this now as a grown ass woman versus a virgin who'd never dated anyone a virgin who couldn't drive g quinn g quinn by the way i could drive at this time just to be clear because i'm more mature but tom does this weird dance basically where when daria gets there he pitches that they all go out for pizza trent can't go so then it's just going to be the three of them and Jane is instantly like, no, I don't want to hang out, us three. And Daria, luckily, to 
to Jane's surprise is like, yeah, I should probably go upstairs and, you know, think about the fact that my childhood home burned down. And then when Jane is like, all right, Tom, let's me and you go. Tom's like, oh, actually, I don't want to. I'm not hungry anymore. Also, they give Jane a great side eye moment when when Daria first gets there and Tom's like, hey, Daria. And that's, you know, even his tone of voice is different. Changes than, instantly. Yeah. It, it, it feels a little bit gross on his part. Like, it feels like oh, actual conflict in my relationship? Like, let, let me just look for something that feels easy. So when Daria and Jane talk, it's so it's so much pent-up aggression from Jane where she straight up tells Daria that if you want to talk to Tom, you have to go through me. But she says it in this in this very, like, passive-aggressive way of, like, you know, you can always just send a message through me. Like, you don't have to go through the trouble of talking to Tom. I'm happy to pass a message along. Yeah. And it and it's so clear that that's not how she feels at all. Like, the the issue that I had with this was that, God, it, 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 it I do feel so conflicted about it. Where it's like, they, Daria had to hang out with them as the third wheel so many times. But Jane doesn't want. Daria and Tom to have any sort of like like do you believe that if it didn't seem flirtatious at all that she would be fine with Tom and Daria having a friendship outside of her like does that make sense do you know what I'm saying I don't think it's about it feeling flirtatious I think it's about the fact that her relationship is bad with him right now so it's more of a contrast like I don't think anything they're doing seems overtly flirtatious it seems like friendly it seems like two people who get along and have the same sense of humor um but it's more it stands out more because she and tom are fighting all the time i guess that makes sense but yeah i i can understand from daria's perspective how it might seem unfair at first given that jane was so adamant for so long that she and tom form a connection so that she didn't have to pick and choose between the two of them and now she feels like the third wheel and then it gets much more heated when Tom goes to Jane's house, but rather than turning right to go down the hall to see Jane first, his girlfriend, he takes a left intentionally to talk to Daria first. And they end up talking for hours, yeah, maybe an hour, maybe an hour about Stalin. That when when that was revealed toward the end that he had to that it wasn't like passing Daria and like popping in that, that it wasn't I. Daria's fault too yeah that it was an active choice for him to seek her out before even saying hello to Jane that was hurtful yeah that was really yeah to see that on Jane's cartoony face to see her realize was really it. yeah painful and um Trent passes by when Tom and Daria are talking so that builds his suspicion so that later when he talks to Daria I'm skipping a little bit, but basically he says, I know one, because I'm so emotionally intelligent, I can read other people. But two, because I'm a guy, I know when another guy is interested in someone and Tom's interested in you, like, don't play dumb. Yeah, which felt a little bit queer on Trent's part to to really be noticing what a guy likes, you know? 
Like I know what guys are like when they like someone. You know. All right, boo. I'm sure more bisexual male representation. Oh, please. I'm sure Trent is bi. For sure, he's experimented with Jesse. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> So Jane is obviously very perturbed about this. She's in art class and she rips up her canvas. She catches the attention of Jody, who wants to kind of suss out what's going on. And instantly when Jane sees Daria in the halls, she like darts out. And Jody, I think, even registers like, oh, something weird is going on with you and Tom, which is related to Daria somehow. So Jody even like gets the hint. So other people around them are starting to... <clears throat> kind of realize what's going on. But Jody's advice to her is really interesting because basically what Jane, the way Jane frames it is um, she says like, you know, things are not going great with me and Tom, but when he's around Daria, it's like they're on a different planet than me. And then Jody, who I think in hearing this predicament was giving all parties the benefit of the doubt and not assuming any sort of ill intent or like deceit. And so her advice, she basically gives the advice of like, you can't expect your partner to be everything to you. Like she, she basically like Mac goes by doing some like broy football things and she's kind of pointing and being like, yeah, clearly I'm from a different planet than that dude who I'm in a relationship with. But you, you know, you kind of have to like compartmentalize sometimes. Yeah. And she's like, and I'm so busy with my extracurriculars. So it, that doesn't really matter. So we, we overlap in the places that we overlap and it doesn't matter if, you know, if they, if he also has other interests, but then, yeah, it, it's clearly more about tension with Daria than tension with Tom. Or that's, like you said, how it's being channeled. Then Jane and Daria, they talk it out. And Daria's being a little defensive, I will say. Jane frames it as like, I'm happy that you and Tom are hitting it off, but we're not hitting it off. And then that's when she has the realization that Tom went to Daria's room for a solid hour before even seeing her. Um, plus, he had been running late, so it was insult to injury. Uh, and yeah, Daria is defensive, and um, Jane is pretty quick to trust her and is like, you know what? You're right. You'd knew, never do anything to hurt me. Dun, dun, dun. And on top of that, Jake and Helen, so serene. Honestly, surprised that Helen allowed herself to relax this much. Yeah, maybe never seen them so relaxed. They're both literally sleeping through Quinn talking to them because meanwhile what's been happening at uh, the Palm Springs Hotel is uh, Quinn got in the fashion club to the the pool privileges and they meet Bobby who's still doting on Quinn and gets her upgraded for free to the he says for free to the presidential suite and Stacy and Tiffany are thrilled about this cute guy giving her attention. And Sandy, who can never just be happy for something great that Quinn has that she doesn't, suggests that he's maybe a stalker, in which the show makes light of a real problem, but still will go with it for the sake of the story, um, and starts getting it into, uh, into Quinn's head that maybe he's a stalker. Quinn's resisting it, and she's kind of talking to her parents about how she doesn't have a stalker. And her parents are just kind of snoozing through it. They deserve it. Well, Helen deserves it. The rest, yeah. And so then after Trent talks to Daria, 
Daria gets picked up by her family because after Jake and Helen find out that Bobby had been charging everything to Jake's credit card or to their room, basically, uh, they're back in stressed out mode. And so they go pick up Daria. And do you know what the ending of this episode kind of reminded me of? Um, no. The end of Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was like a slow push in. And I, and her face was there for like a little bit of the credits, but I thought it would have been amazing if her face was like that for all of the credits. And it was just in real it's just time. split screen. Yeah. And you hear the conversation in the car behind her still, and she's still just like forlornly looking straight ahead. I have loved you for the last time. Is it a video? Is it a video? Yeah, it's dawning on her what's going on in her own mind and heart. Yeah, she she seems very conflicted about it. I think it's the most emotions we've probably seen her ever feel. In the context of this full rewatch, I'm already a little disappointed that in terms of like a narrative thread that's carried across seasons and that's like a major happening that they follow in like a linear way, it's really disappointing that this is, that it's like a guy coming between the two female protagonists. Like that's, and and like you said, it's like a little vanilla boy. Right. I mean, I think. Not that it would be better if it was. A more interesting dude. I mean, he's interesting. He's smart. Right. But... Well, I well, I think that it it's obviously the easy choice of what can you get in between two strong straight women, the high school women. Yeah, it, it's easy, sure, but I I just mean that given that the show doesn't do a lot of that, doesn't do a lot of like these super intense conflicts that that carry you from like across multiple episodes like this is the main thing that mm-hmm. happens in the whole series but I think it's because you don't expect Daria to fall into the the trope it's that it's what makes it so much more painful to watch as well yeah that's fair and yeah it's a little bit against type and I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see how it happens because, again, I don't really remember the details. So, Well, you're about to find out. We all are. Next week. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll support each other through it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sick or Sadder World. We are on Twitter if you like to tweet at Sick or Sadder. We have a Patreon patreon.com slash sickersadderworld and we have a website sickersadderworld.com and if you haven't heard if you zoned out when we've talked about it before we are doing another podcast after well kind of si- yeah, simultaneously simultaneous yeah we're gonna finish this little puppy we're gonna we're gonna honor and then the we're end. adopting another puppy called Angel on Top, where we are recapping every episode of Angel, coinciding with Buffering the Vampire Slayer as they recap Buffy. And it works out perfectly timing-wise. So, We are going to be watching the Daria movies 
as well. So um, after next week's episode, we will uh, watch and review. Is, is it, it fall yet? yet? Is it? I can't tell. Nope. <laughs>